You ready to learn what it means to follow Jesus? This, this, I'm going to give you the ammunition to stop chaos in your life. I laid out a format of, of heavens, Satan, God, creation, the chaos, the, the, the answer to and how God slain Rahab in Isaiah 51 9 how God stopped the chaos that's just a metaphor a picture for us to know that chaos does not belong in your life God's not the author of confusion it's the author of peace joy love and the Holy Ghost amen the kingdom of God and so we're going to work on some things that, see, I'm a coach. A coach is always under strategy. See, a coach that makes a plan for an enemy that he doesn't know cannot prepare his team correctly. And there's a lot of places they will preach some stuff that won't prepare you for what you're really facing. The great coaches know the modus operandi or how the other team operates. They know the weaknesses of the other team. They know exactly what they're going to do. If you're, if you're a football fan, you say, all of a sudden, why are the Dallas Cowboys winning? They have the majority of the same players. Listen, they have the majority of the same players, but they had to get rid of the coaching staff. Because it's the staff that's put the wrong stuff in their players. Because their strategy never worked. And if you're frustrated and struggling, it's because you're operating with the wrong stuff put in by the wrong staff. Come on. Okay. We're in an information war. We're in a war where what's going on in your mind, in your head, is driving you either up or down. We have this concept in wrestling called wherever the head goes, the body follows. Okay? We will pound the head and get the person so tired of trying to just lift their head that we wear them out and they lose their strategy because our strategy is to work on the head then to take them out because the body follows if I push the head down long enough the body follows if you watch Canelo last night they work on the body but one strike to the head, the entire body, body follows. I'm going to be preaching to you on the blow to the head. Y'all ready? I'm good to go. There is a, there is a thought that was coming out strategically in... in in the conference 
If you look at your Bibles real quick, I'm gonna, we're going to do a little bit of gymnastics, but I'm going to give you five words. And then I'm going to finish it off with two examples. Many of the churches, or many people, criticize the church for not making altar calls. Follow me. An altar, an altar is a place where you decide. See, an altar is not here. An altar is in your seat where you decide. That's an altar. Every time you commit to God, you have altered your life. The altar is right where you're at, not right here. Here may be where you show what you are responding to, but your altar is in your seat where you sit there and say, that's right, I'm shifting, I'm changing. Father, I, I get it, I get it, I see it. It's right there. So when you sit down, you're at your altar. You open your ears, you're at your altar. Now shift yourself according to the message. He that has his ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Ready? Follow me in this car. I'm going to teach you a little bit. And then we're gonna then we're gonna blow up at the end. Matthew, when you look at the book of Luke, chapter six, verse twenty-seven, it's 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 Matthew, the tax collector, and says, and these things he went out and saw and collected, and a collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. Akolotheo, follow me, akolotheo. That, that, that's important to know. That's Luke 5, 27. Akolotheo. Now, why, why does that mean to know? Because it gives this Greek word, gives you the idea that Christianity is not what you believe, but it's where you walk and who you follow. This word akaleo means to get on the same road with Jesus. When he told the disciples, Levi, follow me, what he was saying is that get behind me, get on the same road that I'm on, and march, and march. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Every call is a call to follow him, Akalatheo. Get on the same road. Okay? Get on the same road. He called all the 12 disciples. They all got on the same road. They're on the same road. When Jesus says, yeah, 
Yeah, I got, I got all my 12 disciples. One of us was the devil. What was he saying? Someone's on the wrong road. You could be in church and be on the wrong road. Okay, you'd be on the wrong road. Jesus calls us to get on the road. That's why he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. The word way is the Greek word akalateo also. Get on the road. I'm the road. I'm the road. When people say, there's many ways to get to God. No, 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 no. There's only one road. There's only one road. And I don't care if they sit there and say, you can have a car and you can have a car and you can have a car. No, no, there's only one road. One road. Keep that in mind. Okay? You have now learned a very important principle about Christianity, not believability. Where all we do is believe something. No, no, you got to get on the road. We got to get on the road with Jesus. Okay? Ready? That's number one. The road. Everybody say the road. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm on the road. I'm on the road. I'm following Jesus. See, you don't have to understand it all. You just got to understand him. I'm on his road. I'm following Jesus. I don't walk like them. I don't talk like them. I don't smell like them. I don't think like them because I'm following him. Come on. Come on. John chapter 6, verse 23. I'm sorry, verse 28. Of the book of John, chapter 6, verse 28. They said unto him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? In other words, in other words, we want to do the works that you're doing. We want to See the results in life that you have. What must we do? The Greek word for works is energia or the word energy. There's an energy to your life and we want that energy. See, Christianity is a lot of work. Christianity is not for the weak and the lazy. It's not for those to sit there and say, I'm saved and I'll just sit here and the Lord knows, the Lord knows me. Pray for me. No, where's your energy? So they tell the Lord, how can we do the work? Now watch this, watch this. Jesus answers. Everybody say Jesus answers. See, because... If you got the courage to ask the question, have the boldness to receive the answer. He says this, and Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God that you believe in him who sent him. What's the, what's the power of Christianity? Is the ability to stay believing him. There are certain people that don't believe no more. In a miracle working God. Because it takes too much work to walk in faith and push against doubt. It's too much work to believe. And Jesus says, this is the work 
that you believe, that you believe correctly, that you believe totally, that you are committed in your, see, because belief is the work of the mind and the spirit in harmony with what they both perceive to be true. You okay? So the work of the Christian is to believe correctly all the time. Come on. That's the work. Why do you think we preach? Why do you think we study? So we work here so we can do the work here. So you can hear the work, your mind and your heart agree with the work, and then you go and then you do the work. To believe correctly so you can be on the right road and follow Jesus correctly. Okay. Two scriptures, you got that? Good. I'm on the road. What's the work of the Christian? Is to guard my belief. I got, I got Christians that say, well, I don't believe in speaking in tongues. Even if it's in the Bible. I can, I can break it up. They just refuse to believe. See, they miss the blessing because they don't know how to believe correctly. That's a lot of work. To grow is a lot of work. It's not abracadabra. It's work. It's work. It's work. It's work. You gotta, you gotta build your belief, and so that it is correct. Amen. Am I losing my voice, or is this, am I projecting okay? Is it coming out? Okay. All right. When you look at Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 13, now we're going to get a little strategy, okay? I'm going to give you five words, okay? It's 112, okay? I need my wife to keep, I'm going to give 10 minutes, hopefully these five definitions within 10 minutes, okay? Because they take illustration, Okay? See, sometimes you got to show the people. You got to show people. And what's well beautiful about the Greek language is that a lot of it is picturesque. That you see it and you're like, oh, that's why. Oh, I understand it now because I see it. Ephesians chapter 6, it says, put on the whole 10 through 13. We're going to work on two words, devil and wiles. Okay, those are the two words that you've got to have to understand. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers, against darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, stand. And having done all, stand. In other words, at the end of your life, you're, you're the only one standing. Why? Because eternal life is free, but the life of faith is a fight. 
Come on. Eternal life is free. But the life of faith is the life of a fight. Paul says this. For we, everybody say we. That means every single one of you. Paul didn't sit there and say, but you. He said, no, but we. Everybody in this room is a victim of a fight that we're all in. Come on. The great apostle Paul, he sits there and says, for we wrestle. We, it's I'm in a fight, you're in a fight. I'm in a war, you're in a war. He says, for we wrestle. The Greek word wrestle is, is that word pale, where you get the word palestrium from, where you get the word pale bolo from, means to throw each other around. Come on. That means when the devil, your enemy, throws you across the room, what you gonna do? When you thought you were supposed to be here and you end up over there and you're saying, confused of what happened, huh, what you gonna do? So Paul's identifying this chaos that happens to us when we get disillusioned, discouraged. We thought we were going to be here, but we're over here. We thought we were going to have this, and we have this, and we have, and you get confused. Because you don't understand you're in a war, a battle. Spiritual warfare is real. When the spirit realm, the unseen, attacks the seen. Here's the problem. This is why faith in God and knowing your word is so important. It's because the devil can see you. You can't see him. Come on. I'll say that one more time for you. The devil can see you. You can't see him. You only feel his results of him. And when you go back, he moves. Here's another disadvantage. I've been here 60 years. He's been here since the beginning of time. That's why we got the Holy Spirit as a guide and a lead and the word, the eternal word with us to do what we can't do on our own. So you're in a war, you're in a battle, you're fighting, it gets chaotic. I've coached, listen, I coach a lot of wrestling. I've done a lot of stuff in my life and Every match is a bloodbath. It's a, when you're a little kid and you're training your children how to wrestle, like if I, if I took Malachi, Malachi's what, five years old, and I put him in a tournament, guess what would happen with Malachi? Malachi would love, he could wrestle eight or nine times. He's got that energy, flexibility. You know, the other five-year-old is kind of the same way, and they kind of just, you know, they'll just roll around. They want to wrestle all day, six times, seven times a day. You get into high school, the competition gets a little bit tougher. Bodies are a little bit bigger. You know, moves are a little bit stronger. Throws look a little bit higher. Injuries are a little bit more difficult to deal with. Concussions start taking place. Things that, because it gets a little more aggressive. You get to college, 
high school, uh, college and the Olympic level, they only wrestle once a day. They only wrestle twice a day at the higher levels. Ask me why. Because the competition for the territory of being on the first place, second place, or third place is so great. And the collisions and the blows are so tough that you can only take so much. So when Paul begins to talk about this, he says, for, for we wrestle not. In other words, we're not wrestling against these little things. We're wrestling against these demonic forces. They know how to create chaos, stir you up, and mess with you. Okay? But you got the power of God over you. Watch this. Watch what he says. For we wrestle against, everybody say, the devil. The, now listen, I probably preached this here before, showed this to you. We got a lot of new folks here, so let's go. One, 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 the first word, you got to know who the devil is. It's Satan. It's Satan and all his demonic forces. Okay? The word devil is not his name. It's his job description. Comes from two Greek words. Dia means to drive through. And bolos means to throw or to strike. And so what you begin to realize is that Satan's job, the devil's job, is to strike you till he can penetrate your mind. He could strike you and hit you with fears and doubts till you actually sit there and say, okay, I give up. Diabolos. So some of you believe the way you believe because you have been deviled. You have been struck. Okay? He's a striker. What does he strike you with? He strikes you with who he is. He's a liar with all lies. You're not beautiful. You're not handsome. You can't make it. You can't do it. You're not good. You're on the wrong side of the track. Your mom hurt you. Your dad beat you. And he strikes you. You can't read. You can't preach. You can't sing. You can't. And he strikes you. You're not beautiful. Nobody will love you. You're, you're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too tall. You're too weak. And he strikes you. He hits you. So dia means to go through. Bolo means to throw it until it gets through. Okay? Devil. He throws things at you. Anybody ever get a bad thought in your mind? You go, wow, where would that come from? Anybody have a memory that comes to you that just makes you angry? He just threw a rock at you. Now watch this. Yes, sir. Because if you don't understand the devil is a striker and a and a thrower only to penetrate you, you're going to be in trouble. Because you're going to sit there and say, oh God, why do, why do I feel this way? Why am I so depressed? Why am I? And God's not going to say, it ain't me, baby. It's not me. That's why you got to go to church and be coached. 
I have people all the time, kids that I've coached, say, Coach, I won't be there at practice. I say, I don't care. I can't coach what's not here. Come on, let's go to church. When you say you don't want to go to church, it's because you don't want to be coached. Uncoachable people are people that want to walk their own road. Coaches do not let you set your own schedules. That's why the church, the church bulletins have become church menus. I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this, I want to... No, what are you called to do? Amen. Okay, ready? So the first one is devils. So what is devil? A striker? A thrower to penetrate all the way to the other side. He wants to run right through your life. Okay? Remember, we're on a road. Okay? Now the next one we're going to look at is wiles. Methodea. The wiles of the devil. Now this word methodia is the Greek word road. It's road. That's where you get the word odometer from, okay? To travel on a road. Meta means with, a road. So Satan doesn't have a lot of ways to get you. He just finds out one way to get to you. He's on a road to you. Why do you think Jesus said, follow me? I know, I know. I'm tying it right here. I'll tie it later. Because Satan has a road. That he has to make to you. He does it by striking you. Till he can build a road through you. So that's why you can be here and have a thought of depression. Because he already has a road in your mind. He knows how to run right into you. That's why, that's why your past is always used against you. Because it's a road to you. Come on. Come on. So here I go. I'm on a road now with Jesus, but Satan is building a road to try to get back at me. Come on. Ready? <laughs> I love that kid. So now we know he's a thrower and he's trying to build a road. Everybody say build a road. Okay? The next word we're going to look at is stronghold. Okiroma, that's that Greek word, okiroma, which means a castle, a stronghold, a, build, a building that can keep you in and a building that can keep you out. See a pal this building right here? When you close the doors, nobody can get in, nobody can get out. It becomes a stronghold. And Paul writes to Corinthians and he says, it's our job to pull down strongholds. I want to show you, um, Matt, you've been with me this week. You get, you're, my, you're my dummy. I mean, my body. We've been called stupid this week, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. This is a hold. Okay. This is a hold, okay? This is a hold in wrestling. 
This is a hole. I could put Mateo on his back with this. Just trip, trip. There's things we can do, yeah. Okay? Now watch. But Mateo, if I just have this, go ahead and pull your arm straight forward. Pull it forward. No, no, that, this one. He can, he can swim out. He can come out this way. Right? He can wing down on it, push down on it. He's never done this. It's all right. Okay? Now watch this. He's a lover, not a fighter. Give me your wrist. Now, I got the same hold. But what did I do? I locked him up now. This is a stronghold. This is where most Christians live. This is where Satan wants to get you, to where you're in a hold, a belief system, where you can't get out. I want to believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. I want to go to, I just, Lord, I can't just worship you. I just can't. And you want to, but you can't do it because you got a stronghold on you. You want a good marriage, you want a strong marriage, but guess what? It never happens because he has a stronghold in there. He got that hold on you. And God says that it's our job to pull down those strongholds. You know what that means? That means that you got to learn how to counter the attack. Now, all I want you to do is with this hand here, reach on the inside of my wrist. On, the, on my hand, I got you. No, with this arm. You got two arms now. Now reach on the inside of it. Go under it. No, no. Come under my elbow. See, again, this is how, this is, listen. Listen. No, no, you don't even understand. Get that hold on me. I know, I don't. Because see, that's how ignorant the church is about getting out of strongholds. You think you know, but you don't know. Come here. Get it on me. Okay? Arm here. Reach around my stomach. Come there you go. Okay? Now, now listen. All I do now is reach on the inside. I got to create space. I got to push my hips out, and I got to pop that off. Now I'm in the same position I was before. Why? Because I pulled a stronghold down with the knowledge of God, with the knowledge of how my body was, with the knowledge of God. What's wrong with my husband? Well, your husband's got a stronghold, and all your complaining, and all your weeping, and all your crying is still not a weapon against the enemy. Your complaining is only pointing to the fact that you're powerless. You okay? You want to drop habits? You want to drop those things? Because you got a stronghold. That's why you're good for one week and then you're bad for the next week. Why? Because all he does is hold you. You become complacent. You're living by willpower. Not by the power of God. Okay? Stronghold. A stronghold is a castle. A stronghold is a place that keeps you locked in or keeps you locked out. Okay? Who lives in a castle? A king. You, you, do, you do live in a castle. A king lives in a castle. A tyrant can live in a castle. See, 
when my wife, I'm telling, see, she has a stronghold on faith. I've known her since she was 15, 16 years old. She knows me since we were boyfriend, girlfriend, when I was running around. She seemed, you know, our first date was a wrestling tournament. I was so cute. Am I singing? You know what? You know how I, how I knew she was the one for me? She took care of me. And we were, it was our first date. And I remember she put my socks in the bag. And she got my honey together. And she got my, she just all of a sudden started picking up all the things that went along. She'd never been to a wrestling match before. She's never seen this thing before. But she knew her man. I know. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But she began to care for me. And I, I competed since I was five years old. I was no little, you know, guy trying to learn this stuff. I knew this stuff. But I knew she was the one for me because she watched me wrestle. We didn't know that some, some tw uh, 10, 12 years later, we were going to have a, one of the greatest wrestlers in the nation come through our womb, and she would understand how to take care of him too. We didn't know. See, the struggle is real. You got to know how to live. Everybody say, you got to know how to live. You got to know how the devil is building a road to get to you. Amen. Okay, now watch this. Okay, so that's, how many words is that now? Three. Four is oppression. Okay. Acts, Acts 10, 38. For, this, for the Lord was anointed by the Holy Ghost. Right? So that he could destroy the oppressed of the devil. This word oppression, it's another, it's another word. Okay? It's another word. Kata in the stale. Kata, everybody say kata. You're gonna learn this. Kata, everybody say kata. Okay. Anybody that anybody that deals with anxiety, anybody that deals with anxiety and respond, reacts in their body, you can you anybody know that can testify with me that this it all of a sudden it comes on you. Doesn't come from the inside, it comes from the outside. All of a sudden you feel like something comes down on you. See, that's oppression. That's the word kata to come down. Kata. See, the problem with the medical field is they like to put a pill in you because they think it's on the inside, but it's really on the outside. And so when you look at when you look at this kata dinasteo, what it means is that it's it's a it's a boss that you don't want dominating your life. An oppressor is someone that comes on top of you, overpowers you, and then controls your activity. That's where you get that word dunamis, dinasteo, dynamite, dominance, dominate, all from that word kata dinasteo. You got that? Is that okay? You all right? You learning something? Okay, I'm just putting these words that I'm going to preach. Okay, you're in class. Listen, listen, we preach things we think you know. You know, that's why in wrestling clinics, there's seven, eight, nine, ten hours. Why? Because people think they know. 
Why do you think Jesus taught six, seven, ten hours a day? Because they think people know. Well, I want to go home and watch the Cowboys. Eh, they may win, they may lose. But what, does it ma- what difference does it make? Well, you still got a tyrant in your head. You got a stronghold you can't get out of. You got... See, some of you think you can break the vice by advice. You treat the pulpit like an advisory committee. You treat the church like a counselor and a consultant. Where you'll get nowhere if you're not on the right road. Okay, you ready? You got, you're good. You're too serious. Watch. The oppressor. Acts 10.38. You can look that up there. The last one is deception. Okay. Wow. Time is moving, huh? Okay, I'm only going to preach two examples. Okay, is that okay? Two examples and you'll get it because I'm going to put all this together for you. Okay. says this. Deception. Second Corinthians. Boy, where did I put that one? Corinthians. I'll find it here. I got it here. First Corinthians. Really? First Corinthians chapter two. I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter two. I believe it's Second Corinthians chapter two. I quote it to you, but I'd like to show you. Now I get we'll find it later. But you'll quote it if somebody find it. Where it says that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Some somebody looked that up. I thought I did, but I just I just looked up the Greek text on it. So I just kind of it's in, it's in here though in here. It says, the word devices is the word neomeia, neomeia, where you get, and it comes from the word nuos, which means mind. Everybody say mind. So the device is the mind that he's trying to take care of. 2 Corinthians 2.11. See, I told you I was right. I said first was 2 Corinthians, Okay. If you don't know that Satan is making a road to strike your mind, to penetrate your mind, to build a road that will go all the way through so you can go in and out on you all day long and play you like a fiddle, then you don't understand. So the device is the neo male. Now what's the neo why is it why is it neo male, not nuos? Mind. You know, like like Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a holy living sacrifice unto God, which is a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Neos, your mind, neo. That's neuro, mind. It's neomea. The word neomea means a mind that is scrambled. You don't, don't be ignorant or absent from knowing that Satan wants to scramble your brain. 
When someone can't receive the truth, it's because their mind scrambled. It's a mind, it's a mind that has been confused, it's been hurt, it's been penetrated in and out. It's been struck by the enemy so long, they can't even tell truth anymore. So you're not ignorant that he's after your mind. Everybody say, he's after my mind. He's after this. He's after how I think, how I operate. Why? Because I'm on a road. See, when you get on the road with Jesus, that's when you're going to get hit. When you're on his road, he don't have to hit you because he got you. Well, nothing ever happens to me because you ain't on the road yet. I get it. Hey, it happens all the time. Why are things happening to them? Why are they always up there for prayer? They're getting hit because they're pursuing Jesus. They're getting hit because they're on the road finally. They're getting hit because some, something's going on. Some say, oh, I don't believe that stuff because you got Nehemiah. Your mind is scrambled. You serve Jesus, you get fired from your job. Pastor, this wasn't supposed to happen. It's exactly supposed to happen because he's doing his job. Now it's up to you to know how to do your job. Come on. Come on. So now we understand that, that we got the wiles. We got the devil's a striker and a thrower. We, we understand he's trying to build a road to me. He knows how to get to my feelings, my emotions. He knows how to get to me. Right? We know he wants to build a stronghold, something where I can never shake. Anybody got memories you can't shake? Anybody got an experience you can't shake? It's a stronghold. That's why you could be so happy in church and go home and be so depressed. That's why beautiful women can look at themselves in the mirror and hate themselves because they got memories. That's why men can look at themselves and destroy themselves because they have no self-worth because they've been penetrated. You, they can read Psalms 139, I've been fearfully, wonderfully made, and it makes no sense to them because they feel so bad because they got a road that goes through them. Some of you just want to put a traffic light off on Friday, turn back, off on, turn back on Monday. No, no. Let's fight correctly. So now that you got those, you ready for your sermon now? Now I'm going to show it to you. So you got to show them. Okay, how many, how many want to know? How many saw what a stronghold was? If you can't break depression, it's because there's, there's a stronghold there. Those who the sun is set, sets free, they are what? Free. Jesus said, follow. Get on the Okay? If you look at your Bibles, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 17, verse 18. Very, very quick, very powerful, but we'll lock it in. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, 17 and 18. But we, brethren, having been taken away from you in a short, short time in the presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see you face to face again. In other words, God, I want to get to you. I want to get to you. I want to see you. I don't want to just send you. First, Corinthians, First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Didn't I say that? 
Okay. My wife's looking at me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm arguing with her. Very common. So, so Paul says, I want to get to you. I, see, the Thessalonians, they all wanted Paul. It's kind of like your favorite preacher that always cancels on you. You want that person, oh, they're finally coming, and they don't come? You get mad at them like, oh, they don't want to be it. Well, this is what's going on with Paul. So Paul turns around and writes them a letter and says, look, I want to come to you. I wanted to be there with you. I love you. I want to see you face to face. I don't want FaceTime. I don't want virtual church. I don't want any of that stuff. I want to get in your face. I want to feel you. I want to touch you. I want to see you face to face. He says this, I desire to be with you, but Satan hindered me. That Greek word hindered. Everybody say hindered. Oh, hindered. Y'all got no energy? Hindered. There you go. There you go. That Greek word hindered is the word enkopto. Come here. So, yeah, he's got that thing on. Now watch. So here's the apostle Paul. Now start jogging in place. He's jogging in place. He's on his way to Thessalonia. And this is the picture of some of you. And I want you to get this mental picture. So when you start seeing the problems come, you know exactly why they're coming. And you don't panic. You get stronger in faith. You get more determined. And you understand. Yeah, keep going. It takes work. You got to sweat a little bit. Sweating is not against the law. Okay? Now he's walking, jog a little bit. This word encompto means to, as I was on the road, the enemy, stop right there, you're good. You keep jogging in place. Think that you're moving. You know, think that you're moving, kind of like, like Christianity. You're on the treadmill of Christianity. You think you're going someplace, but you're in the same spot everywhere else. Right? So he's running. He's getting to Thessalonica. And what Paul's writing to these people in Copto is the enemy will come. And he'll punch him on the side. Take his wind out. Take a knee. And when you're taking the knee, the enemy comes and he breaks the road that you're trying to get on. So when you catch your breath, okay, look up. You finally winded. You got your air back. You got hit by something. Something hits your life. Because you were on the road. And guess what happens? You don't see any way how you can get there anymore. It's over. I lost it. The call's gone. I made a mistake. Something happened. I'm no good anymore. No, you got encoptoed. The enemy saw that you were finally on the road. And because you were on the road, I got to hit you. I got to strike you. I got to penetrate you. And if I do, then as soon as you recover, I'm going to wipe the road out so you can't even get there. But Paul says, but I'm on my way. I'm on my way. See, some of us, we get prophetic words. And it puts us on the road. And then Satan hits us and we get all discouraged. We get all crybaby. We quit. We stop. You just got encoptoed. Okay? How many have been encoptoed at times? 
See, there are many people that were here before they got encoptoed. They just never got on the road because they can't see another way to continue with us. You know what I love about the media? They put, look, go on the media, go into YouTube, go into one of these social sites and put in Christian, Christians against Christianity. And they, and they put a mic in front of all these quitters as if they're experts on the faith. where they couldn't even finish the faith. Because the faith is the fight. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your mind. Fight for everything. Fight! Because you got a devil that knows how to fight. And he doesn't fight fair. <laughs> Anybody getting coptoed? <laughs> how many feel good about now? I get it now. I get it. Last verse. In the book of Mark, chapter 35 through 41. I'm going to run through this real quick. And on the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitudes, they took him along in the boat, and he was. And other, and other little boats were also with him. And, he, and a great wind arose. So here's the picture. He tells the disciples, I'm going to give you the road map. Get to the other side. What has God told you? What has God called you to do? Get to the other side. Now you got your direction. Now you're going. Now you got your prophetic word. Now you feel like, okay, I've got my legs under me now. I can do something now. I'm, I feel useful. Because you got direction. Get to the other side. The Bible says, and then a mega, everybody say mega. That's the word storm, mighty storm, mega. See, because if you're going to, if you, anybody had a mega problem? Anybody had the mega problem this year? Had a mega situation this year? See, if you got a mega problem, you got a mega blessing coming. But you can't stop in the middle. Watch this. The Bible says, and suddenly, all of a sudden, that word is the word genomai. In other words, a surprise attack. So Jesus sends his disciples. He goes to sleep in the boat. And guess what happens? A surprise attack. Why? Because he was on the road. He was going to Gethsemane. Read, read, read the fifth chapter. He's on Gethsemane. Satan sees that, oh my goodness, they're going to Gethsemane. What's a Gethsemane? Gethsemane is where the demon-possessed boy was. He had, a, he had a legion of demons in him. And Jesus was going to him. What did the devil say? He's on the road. Oh my goodness, we got to stop him from getting to our stronghold over there. And the Bible says that the winds and the waves, everybody say, were tossed. 
tossed. Everybody say tossed. See, because again, what is Satan? He's a thrower. He throws things at you. He began to pick up the water and began to throw it at the boat. It's the Greek word there, epibalo, means to pick up and to throw. Only, only a being can pick something up and throw it. That's why people think, oh, it was the wind. It was, no, no, these were devils going, ha, ah, no, no. Let's get him. Let's bury him. Let's hit him. The Bible says that the, that the boat was taken in water. Because they were on the road with the purpose. Satan saw where they were going. It was a surprise attack. I've had surprise attacks. Anybody else have surprise attacks? The sky was blue one minute. You live in Texas, right? It's sky, everything's great. Next thing you know, it's storming. like, what? I didn't even bring an umbrella, right? Because you got hit. Some of you lost things this year, and it surprised you. And it shakes your faith. It's to stop you. It's to hold you in position so that they can destroy the future. So you can see there's no way it could ever happen again. That's why it's so powerful for the season that we're in. That what Satan meant for evil, keep pushing. God's going to make it good. Come on. All those prophetic words that you received this weekend, all those messages are pushing you in the direction. My job is to coach you to where you do get hit and you do get struck and you struggle. You stay on that road because he who started the work will finish it in you. He's a finisher, not just a starter. He's going to get it done in you. See, Satan looks at the direction of the road. And he says, I got to stop them. How do I stop them? What do, I, what, what do they love? Remember when Jesus was, remember when Jesus was being tempted in the, gar, in, the gar, in the desert? What did Satan do? He, had, he tried to throw things at him. Bow down and worship me and I'll give you this. You want food? You're hungry? He started striking him, striking him with pride, with, with pleasures, with position, with hitting him. You know what Jesus said? Not, nope, nope. Everybody say nope, nope. What was Satan doing? Satan was trying to build a road to him. Satan was building a road to him. He started, with, he started with the pleasures. started with food. He started with comforts. He started with all these things. He's building a road. He's building a road. He's building a road. John chapter 14, verse 30 says this. Jesus is, at, is, is telling with the Holy Spirit. He's getting ready to go. And he says, I'm not, I don't have a lot of time to talk to you. And I'm not going to talk to you much. Because the prince of darkness... It's coming. Watch this. And he has no way in me. What was he saying? He's going to try to get in one more time. 
but there's nothing in me. There's no roads in me. Why? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And as a church, as we move forward as a body, we begin to realize we're on the road with Jesus. Strike if you want. Our answer is still no. We will not comply. Because he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. My brain is not scrambled. I have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. That's why the scripture says, let this mind allow, permit a different way of thinking, approaching life than the one that you learn from the humanistic ideas. I think like Christ. I walk like Christ. I want to be like Christ. I want to move like Christ. I want to think like Christ. I'm on the road. And if he hits me, still can't stop me. Why? Because the Christian may fall once, but he will rise again. He'll rise again. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Not bad, an hour? Is that an hour? I don't have pride an hour and a half. You know, Brian got up here and preached. I took my time. Isn't it powerful when, when you have a pastor? That'll take the time to set it straight. He's a pastor that's moving by the power of the Spirit. He's on a road. Listen, just because people quit don't mean the road's wrong. It just means that they're too soft for the rough road. Toughen up, buttercup. Toughen up. How many, ha seriously, how many have been through things this year that you was like, oh my God, that was, that was rough. Anybody like that? I have. I did. Trust me, I did. Here's what I want you to tell the devil. Is that all you got? I know she corrected my English. Is that all you have? <laughs> Trust me, my wife would go, stop saying got. Ain't. Ain't is not a word. And you've been through things. Tell the devil, right where you're at, this is your altar. Raise your hands to the Lord. Just raise your hands to the Lord, right where you're at. Father, I pray healing and strength for every hand raised here that's been through things, that got encoptoed, that lost the wind at times and didn't see a way on how to continue. I thank you because the road is clear. We have wiped our eyes. We've blown our nose. 
We wiped away all the tears. We see clearly now that greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. That the road is clear ahead of us. And there's much opportunity. And in Jesus' name, I declare whatever the enemy stole, the things that were lost in the journey will be recaptured, restored sevenfold. We understand it was the enemy that hit us. We caught the thief. Now he must pay back sevenfold. In Jesus' name.